Praise Him. It's about that time again. It's time for the Bible and Coffee Podcast Show. I'm so excited you stopped by. Do me a favor. Sit back. Relax. Get your Bible and coffee. And let's listen to what the Lord has to say to us. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Welcome to another Bible study. Hallelujah. Amen. I am Pastor Anderson. Hallelujah. And I'm just so elated and excited. Amen. That you are joining with us tonight. Hallelujah. Today. Amen. It's time to give God the glory, honor, and praise today. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I am excited to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Hallelujah. We just give God the glory, honor, and praise today. Amen. Well, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, we got another good one for you coming today. Amen. Coming up, amen, we're going to be dealing with the book of Philippians. Amen. And we're going to be dealing with uh, verses 6 through 13. That's chapter 4, verses 6 through 13. Amen. So sit tight, get your Bible ready. Amen. We're getting ready to dig into the word of life today. Hallelujah. But you know, before we do that, the first thing we got to do is open up with a word of prayer. Hallelujah. Come on, let's get it going. Father, we glorify you. Father, we lift your name up on high today, Father. And God, we ask you right now to touch us today, Father, so that we can hear what thus says you today, Father. Guard our heart and our mind today, Father, as I bring the word of life to your people today, Father God. You take me out and you come in like a flood today, Father God. Oh, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise today, Father God. We just ask that your anointing, Father God, just fall fresh on us today, Father. Mm. In the precious name of Jesus. Father, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise today. In the precious name of Jesus, we all say and pray, amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling y'all, today is the day that the Lord has made. And I'm certainly going to rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. So again, we want to welcome you to uh, PBN Ministries today. Hallelujah. Amen. And we're going to go ahead and get into the word of life today. Amen. And we're going to be dealing with Philippians. I'm calling it part three. <laughs> Philippians part three. And this is where we're going to get um, into verses six through third. Hallelujah. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me. Amen. Hallelujah. We'll be there. Uh, but first and foremost, amen. We do want to uh, deal with a little bit of the recap. Amen. With verses four, amen, through <clears throat> four through five. And I just want to read that, amen, just so that we can kind of, you know, um, get a little understanding, just kind of pick up where we left off at um, and just move forward from there. So let's go ahead and read that. Uh, Philippians 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. 5 says, Let your gentle spirit 
be known to all man, the Lord is near. It's interesting here. We've been dealing with this for the past couple of Sundays. Amen. We've been dealing with clarity um, as a topic. And we've been dealing with clarity in the sense that um, we're uh, trying to explain to you and trying to present to you in a way where you understand that in order to move forward in the things of God, in order to gain victory over your life, you have to have clarity. In order to gain knowledge or information or guidance, there has to be clarity. And so here, Paul, you know, deals with this text about rejoicing, about giving God your all, praising him, worshiping him, but giving everything over to him and going through him to somehow find your joy back. Because remember, he's dealing with a group of people that are hurting, discombobulated, confused. Some of them are all over the spectrum because of the environment that they are living in and the environment that they face. And so Paul has to deal with that, and he deals with that by numerous uh, verses and chapters, but he deals with it in his closing uh, chapter to the closing letter, amen, to the Church of Philippians by telling them it's imperative and important that you rejoice. He also says that it's important and imperative that the, your gentleness, your, your um, humbleness be made known. Basically, the fruit of the Spirit be, be made known in the community. That you are not known for being vicious and vulgar and crazy, but you're known for having a gentle, humble, meek spirit, a spirit that represents Christ. You don't want your name in the community, whether saved or not saved, to be vicious, right? You want your name, you want your spirit to be made known in the community as somebody who is trustworthy, somebody who um, reciprocates the fruit of the spirit, somebody who is God-led and spirit-led. Why? Because the Lord is near, even though there is chaos in your life, you still have to realize that God is still coming. And if God is still coming, because I still believe it, if God is still coming, it is imperative that you conduct yourself in a way that is pleasing to God and that when God sees it, he's going to say, it's time for you, son, to come home with me. Because you have conducted yourself in a way that is pleasing to the sight of God. And that's what Paul is getting at here. And, 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 and we're going to tackle that, amen, in verse, starting at verse 6. So let's go ahead and read that, amen, because y'all know if I stay here, we'll never get there. <laughs> amen. So let's, 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 let's go ahead and read uh, 6 through 13. The Bible reads, and again, as you know, I'm reading from the NASB, the New American Standard uh, Version. Um, 
Version 95, they got a 2020 out there, but I'm reading from 95. Happened to like that one. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, you may know it as understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, right, pure, lovely, good repute, if there is any excellence and if any worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Verse 9 says, The things you have learned and received and heard, seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. He goes on to say, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I am. I know how to get along with humble means. I also know how to live in prosperity In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled or going hungry, both having abundance and suffering need. The last one is I can do all things through him or through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, do we have a tree today? Hallelujah. Oh, these are some lovely scriptures that Paul is um, speaking to us today. I am excited to present this word to you today. So let's look at some let's look at some tidbits here. There's some tidbits here. If you notice, I want you to notice in your passage here, in the scripture here, I want you to notice something that is very interesting here. One of the first things that Paul says is he uses the word peace. We're going to get to that in verse 6. But he deals with peace. Peace is mentioned twice in this section. Right, it's in verse 6, and it's in verse 9. I want you to read these. I want you to read these uh, together. Actually, it's in, um, excuse me, verse 7 and verse 9. I want you to look at these things because Paul has subtopics in between these topics. Matter of fact, 6 and 7 is really tied to verses 1 through seven. And verses eight, 
basically eight and nine starts, you know, the closing thing, right? And really eight through 13 is his own section with two topics in between. But I want you to look at this here. I want you to, want you to check this out in verse six. Right now, Paul has said, I need you to rejoice in the Lord. And now he says, in, in continuation, he says, I want you to be anxious for nothing. But he says, but in everything, via prayer and supplication, with joy, let your request be made known to God. So remember now, Paul is giving two commands here. The first command is anxious or restlessness. He says, don't be restless for anything. And the second command here is, to, is, is your request, making your request to be made known unto God. And so remember, remember this context in the text, you remember that there's division going on within the community. Now, if there is division, haterade, all kind of things of the above that is going on within the community, of course, there are going to be some folk within the community that is going to be restless. They're going to have a restless spirit. It is important that you as a believer of God, when you have restless spirits, that you address it immediately and don't continue to walk in that spirit of restlessness. Mm-hmm. Right? And so when we look at anxious, it really means to be concerned, to be worried, or to be concerned with. So Paul now has to deal with this he says, I don't want you to worry or be concerned about nothing. Now, Paul, I know you're writing this to the church now. I know you're writing this to me too. But we both know there are some times now, Paul, where we feel restless in our spirit. This is something that we, it, 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 we can't just delete it out of our mind. I believe that that's what some of the folk were saying. But in any sense, Paul is saying I still don't want you to worry. I want you to give it over to the Lord. Transfer that worriness unto God. Remember, we talked about casting our cares Sunday. And what do we come out with? Casting our cares means that you and I are to throw, because cast means to throw. We are to throw our issues unto God. God is equipped and capable enough to receive the rock or the boulder of your cares. He's able to, he's able to absorb that and, 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 and digest that and pick it apart and find the root and then give you a solution. He says, I want you to throw all of your cares onto me. This is what Paul is speaking of here. Don't worry about it, but have a conversation with God really about it. We talked about this on Sunday a little bit, that if you don't really have nothing to pray about, I beg to differ, because the first thing that you can do is make a list. And in making that list, you can make a list about the things that you are worried about the most. Mm-hmm. And come to God and say, I'm worried about this. 
And here's why I'm worried about X, Y, and Z. You can do that as a believer. And that's okay. That's okay. What am I worried about the most? What keeps me up at night? What am I tripping on? I'm challenging you today to make a list. Just to make a list of what you're worried about the most. And watch God start to heal you and give you clarity in your life. But in any event, this weariness or restlessness deserves a little bit of time of going through. So restlessness simply is a lack of peace experienced physically, spiritually, or mentally. We dealt with this a little bit on Sunday, right? Paul is saying, be anxious for nothing, right? Don't be restless. Let's look at what some of the scripture says about restless, starting with worry. Ecclesiastes 5 and 12 says, the sleep of a working man is pleasant, but he eats little or much. But the full stomach of a rich man does not allow him to sleep. This actually coincides a lot with the workforce and the demand. From the top level, the man who is rich, full, does not allow their workers to sleep because he wants to stay rich and full. And if he is, he or she is on them like a task manager or taskmaster, the working man does not sleep, <laughs> right? This is because the rich man is worried, worried about his business, worried about prospects, worried about whatever it is. Mm. Jeremiah 49 and 23 says, concerning Damascus, Hamath, and Aprad are put to shame. Excuse me, Arpad are put to shame, for they have heard bad news. They are disheartened. There is anxiety by the seas. It cannot be calm. They heard bad news, and they are disheartened. And they are worried so much about this news, the scripture says that they are not able to be calm, which means worrying has set into the place where any, anything that anybody says is not calming them down. Have you ever been in a place where you've gotten some information and some news to the point where nobody can calm you down? You're just so focused on this thing that nobody, if somebody says something, you put one ear to the other, it goes out the other ear. Huh? Worrying can cause you to be like this. And what is going to profit you to worry about it? Remember, I said this on Sunday. Worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't give you victory. It just rocks you back and forth, rocks you back and forth, but it never produces any solutions. When has your worrying ever produced a solution? You know what it produced? Stress, uh, insomnia, can't go to sleep, can't do X, Y, and Z can't function because you're so tired, so you can't function, you can't do your job. What worrying do is it, 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 it starts the, the, the collapse of you. 
because you're worrying too much. So when we look at the cause, the cause of restlessness, some of the causes are illness. Job said, when I lie down, I say, when I shall arise, but the night continues and I'm continually tossing until dawn. Fire says, my flesh is clothed with worms and, uh, and a crust of dirt. My skin hardens and runs. Worrying, illness can cause one to worry. When am I going to be healed? When is my change going to come? When am I going to be delivered? When am I going to be set free? When, 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 when? Yeah. Illnesses can cause one to worry. A lack of purpose can cause an individual to worry. Ecclesiastes says, For what does a man get in all his labor? and in his striving with, with which he labors under the sun. 23 says, because all his days, excuse me, because all his days his task is painful and grievous. Even at night his mind does not rest. This too is vanity. Psalms 107, 4 through 5. They wandered in the wilderness in a desert region. They did not find a way to an inhabited city. They were hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted within them. A lack of purpose. This is, remember, verse four, they wandered in the wilderness in a desert, in a desert region. They did not find a way to an inhabited city. A lack of purpose, a lack of function, a lack of role, sometimes a lack of validation can cause one to be worried and present anxiety. Hmm? The children of Israel lost their purpose because of their sin. And remember, they had to die off in the community. They had to wander in the community for about 40 years. What does that tell us? A lack of purpose. And when there is no purpose in your life, a lot of things go by the wayside because you don't feel that you need it. You don't feel that you have anything to offer. You don't feel none of these things. And so you just kind of bow out gracefully. And that's not what the Lord wants you to do. Not in this season. That's why he's saying, be anxious for nothing. Don't, hey, look, listen, there's no room in your life for worrying. That's why Paul is saying this to this church. That's why Paul is saying it to us. You know what can cause restlessness? Uncomplete business. Ruth 3 and 18 says, Then she said, Wait, my daughter, wait, my daughter, until you know how the matter turns out, for the man will not rest until he has settled it today. Unfinished business can cause one to be restless. A lot of us work a nine to five, right? A lot of us have our own businesses, are getting ready to start a business. And there are some times where there's incomplete business. There's something that has not been completed yet, right? Uncomplete business can cause you to be restless and to, be, and to have the spirit of worrying. Because nothing is complete. 
And while yet you should be concerned that you complete it, it should not overpower your life and, and gain too much real estate in your mind. Because un, there's always going to be unfinished or incomplete business. Always going to be. And how you handle that in the things of God is going to matter. Huh? Some people are like this. They're not going to rest until it's done. Well, you need rest to get your mind right to finish the business. Hmm? Hmm? So, there are some things here that we must consider. Rebellion. Re rebellion. Rebelliousness. Genesis 27, 40. By your sword you shall live, and your brothers shall serve. But it shall come about when you become restless, that you will break his yoke from your neck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You shall become restless. Rebellion. Somebody who is demon-possessed or under a demonic influence. Mark 5, 3 and 5 says... And he had his dwelling among the tombs. And none, no one was able to buy him anymore, even with chains. Because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had, had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken into pieces. And no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains and gashing himself with stones. A person that is under a demonic influence, or let's take it even further, a person that's even under a controlled substance, somebody who is under, under some psych psychedelic medication, it can be legal or not legal. It causes one to be restless, right? Some of the people in the community that we consider to be crazy, they may have taken something to make them be restless. Mm. You can get connected with the wrong person and now that spirit has jumped onto you and now you're restless with them. Because you're taking on their stuff. You can counsel somebody. And by counseling them, you are taking on their issues. And if you're not careful, you can start to act and mimic what they're mimicking. Or experience the same things that they're experiencing because there's been an exchange. Yeah. 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 Have you ever... Have you ever been in a time where you've been talking to somebody and next thing you know, you start acting like them? You sat under somebody. Somebody was your mentor or leader or, or something like that. And all of a sudden, you started pu pulling their characteristics. Huh? Some of them, sometimes it can be good, but sometimes it can be bad. And somebody, if somebody's under a, a demonic influence and you're connected to them and heeding that their every word, you can then start to pick up the characteristics and tidbits that they do. Mm. 
Sin, 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 sinfulness, sin. Isaiah 57 verses 20 through 21 says, But the wicked are like the tossing sea, for it cannot be quiet. And it water tosses up refuse and mud. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. Right? Jude says, Wild waves of the sea casting up their own shame like foam, wandering stars for whom the black darkness has been reserved forever. What are we saying here? A double-minded person is unstable. A person who is trying to live for Christ, but still trying to be sinful and live for the world, they're unstable and they're like the seas, constantly moving, being restless. You get caught up in something that you should be caught up in. The first thing that happens is you're restless. You may not see it now if you're in something, but what if you've gotten out of something? If you look back, you will see that you were restless. You were always worried about who's going to see it. You were looking over your back. You was checking your phone, right? You was trying to, you was trying to control everything, right? You, you was trying to do all of, these, all of these things, and what happened? You became restless. Sin has a way of making a person be restless, right? Amen, pastor. It's not good. No bueno, right? So sin has a way of making an individual be restless. God, is not, God does not want you to serve the world and serve him. He wants you to be totally sold out to him. But, 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 but if you get beside yourself and start doing X, Y, and Z, guess what? Hmm. You may become restless. And if you're restless, what are you acting under? The influence of sin. You remember as a child when you were wrong and you was trying to get away with something, what happened? You try to, oh, is, uh, is mom home? Is dad home yet? Uh, you, you know, you know what you was doing. You know, you, you know who you is. <laughs> you know what you was doing. Restless. That's why Paul is saying it is important that you don't worry, that you throw your issues onto God and you let God's peace come in and change your life. Bible says, don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Man, we say that, but it's, it, 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 we don't apply it. But we got to apply that to our lives. Look at some of the antidotes, right, of restless. The, the, the main thing, the main, make the main thing the main thing. The main thing is trusting in God. You want to overcome your restlessness? You want to overcome the things that you're going through, right? You want to get peace in your life even though the outskirt is still hell. You want to get victory. You've got to learn how to trust in God. I grew up on the song. I come from I come from the church where they would sing the songs, I will trust in the Lord until I die. Are you going to trust in God regardless of of what Everybody and their mama is doing. Paul is telling the church here that you've got to trust in God. 
Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Man, don't lean to your own understanding. You've got to trust in him. This is the antidote. This is what Paul is getting at. So then Paul says, right, in, in, in verse 6, he tells us, right, don't worry for nothing, but with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known. So what is prayer? Prayer is simply a petition, a request made, right? Supplication is you're, you're, you're making an urgent request unto God, right, with prayer and with urgency, I, 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 I am, I'm like, God, this is 911. I, I need you in my life. This is 911. I feel like I'm finna lose it all, God. 911. So he says, make your request, right? And earnestly and with urgency. Praise the Lord, First Lady, right? 911. I need this. Then he says, with thanksgiving. This is the act of expressing gratitude or showing appreciation. When you're coming to God, man, have some joy, have some gratitude, show some appreciation. You, you may not be the happiest of the happiest. I get you up. I, I, I got you on that. But you can still express some gratitude and show some appreciation to the one you're praying to, right? Trusting in God is prayer, right? Supplication. It's what Paul is saying. With thanksgiving, I'm showing gratitude unto the Lord. And then, lastly, I'm making my request be made known unto God, right? I am, I am, I, I, I am, I am making this known to Him, right? Which simply has a meaning to be caused to know something, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm making my request known to him by, by following this step. He lays this out to the Philippian church. Prayer, supplication, thanksgiving. Then tell him. Then tell him. Right? This goes back to casting our cares onto the Lord. Why? Because he cares. Throw our thing, our issues onto the Lord. This is the key to overcoming restlessness. You want to be free, you got to talk to the one that can make you free. Uh, let's add on to this. This is where greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world comes into factor. This is why we need the Holy Ghost. You can't, live, you can't walk this walk without having the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah to your name. You need something greater in you to, 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 to give you the strength that you need to resist and come up out of that. You need that extra strength on the inside. You need the Holy Ghost. Mm. Hallelujah. You need it. You need it. You need that power. To recognize, I, I can't do this on my own. Oprah ain't doing it. Whoever ain't doing it, I need Jesus. Look at what Psalm says. My soul waits in silence for God only. For him is my salvation. The psalm is saying, my, my soul, the inner of the most inner part of me, is waiting for God in silence for God only. 
Not God and friends, but God only. And it says, for in him is by deliverance. The Psalms, and God is where I'll be delivered. Oh, my soul waits for you, Lord. Hallelujah to your name. Isaiah says, Isaiah says that the steadfast of mine you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. Oh, I feel happy here. Right? If I keep my mind on him, right, he's going to keep me in perfect peace. Isaiah 30 and 15 says, For thus the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, has said, In repentance and rest you will be saved, in quietness and trusting trust in your strength, but you were not willing. Listen, in your repentance and rest you will be saved. In quietness and it says, In quietness and, and trust is your strength. Didn't we talk about trust? Isaiah says, just trust. Trusting in him is your strength. Huh? We read this. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 11, 20, 28 through 30, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest. For your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Trust is your strength. You got to trust him today. Because it is your strength. Man, if you don't trust him, that's on you. But <laughs> if you want to find this peace, this is what Paul is talking about. He is shifting the narrative. It doesn't matter what, what Bobby Sue and so-and-so is doing. What are you going to do about you? Because the Bible still says that you've got to save yourself from this wicked generation. Come on now, that's what Acts tells us. You got to save yourself from this wicked generation. You got to save you. What are you going to do about you? I don't want these people owning real estate in my mind. What are you going to do to change the narrative? This is why in verse 7, he says, if we do this, he says that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding or comprehension, this is going to guard our heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So we see here that the byproduct of trusting in the Lord is receiving his peace. Mm-hmm. In order to address the issues within your life, you have to have peace within your mind. It goes, it goes back to what we talked about on Sunday, the past couple of weeks. Having clarity. You need peace. You, you need things to clear up in order to move forward. You need God's peace. Listen, we're not going to be able to change everything that's going on on the inside. But like I said earlier, you can control yourself. This is, this is why Paul is saying rejoice. He's showing you, telling you how to regain your joy when you've been in an environment of division. Amen, pastor. 
He is faithful to keep his promise. Amen. You remember there was division going on in that church. There was craziness on that church. That's why Paul addressed them two sisters. Hey, these two sisters need to get alone. And he told them what their status really was. <laughs> right? I mean, this is a whole lot of stuff going on up in there. In order to regain your peace, to regain your joy back, man, you got to take that first step. You, you got to come to God. You got to trust in him. This ain't just, I just praise my way through and that's that. That's part of it. But you got to go through that addressing and taking accountability and reconnecting and realigning. Get, all, get, get that process, get that workflow in your spirit so that you can regain your joy, right? Peace is simply a, well, what is, um, I didn't have the peace on the screen here. Um, peace is simply a harmonious relationship and freedom from dispute. This is in the simplest terms, right? Especially during the absence of war. Again, this is in the simplest terms, but from my perspective, this is my perspective, Peace is one of those things that is we try to define, but we can we can only define it as best as we can. But it's really one of those words that are undefinable because somehow we get this peace from heaven into earth. And that this peace, that's why Paul said, man, this peace surpasses all of our understanding, right? Because this is not a peace that was man-made. This was a God-made peace. And Paul is saying to the church, you need not a man-made peace, but you need a God-made peace. A lot of people in, in, in this world, they do man-made. They seek treatments. They do, you, you know, you, you know how I am. Y'all know. They go to these, these clinics and these dark rooms and all of this kind of stuff to try to seek some inner peace and connect to some higher power outside of God. And that's wrong. Because that's still man-made stuff. But Paul is talking about a peace that comes directly from the Lord, comes directly from heaven. That's the peace that I want. I'm not trying to go dark and be in a dark meditation. I'm meditating in the dark trying to get clarity. Oh, no, 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 no. I want God to guard my heart and my mind. I want, the Bible says, the steps of the righteous are ordered. I want him to order my steps. Hallelujah. I ain't, mm -mm. nah, <laughs> that ain't me. I ain't going down that road, right? So, which we already read in Isaiah 26 and 23, look what Peter says. Yes, I was I, I forgot to put that scripture in. Oh, I actually I do got that scripture, Pastor. There we go. Amen. See if I pull it up on the it's my it's on my next slide. Amen. John 14, 27. Right? Let's pull that up. Since that was mentioned, let's pull that up. Peace I leave you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled nor let it be fearful. Come on now, right? That's what Jesus says. I give you, not as the world gives you. You want to handle this situation in your life? You want to overcome some things in your life? Man, go get God's peace. All you've got to do is trust him. Look at what Colossians say. 
3.15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Right? That's what Paul is getting at today. That's where he wants us to get at. That's what he's trying to show us today. You better let the peace of God rule in your heart. It doesn't matter what so-and-so did. They stepped on your shoe, whatever, right? At the end of the day, you're going to have to reconcile that because you don't want that issue to gain real estate in your mind to the point where as soon as you see so-and-so, you react in an ungodly way. Because remember, Paul warned us in five, the Lord is near. The Lord is near. He's still coming. The Lord is still coming. Hallelujah. Look at what verse 8 says. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, of good repute, right, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, Man, dwell on these things. Whatever is true, this meaning whatever is consistent with the fact, with fact or reality, not false. Whatever is true, Ephesians says, therefore laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Whatever is true, Whatever is noble or honorable, right? Whatever is honorable, worthy of being honored in title, honor, and respect. 2 Corinthians 8 and 21 says, For we have regard for what is honorable, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of man. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, right? Whatever is whatever or, or noble, honorable or noble, noble. Other one, what whatever things are just, right? Whatever things are right, which simply is in conformity with justice, law, or morality. Deuteronomy says something about that. Justice and only justice you shall pursue, that you may live and possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you justice and only justice should you pursue. Y'all got to understand, y'all, y'all got to, y'all got to understand that. Whatever things are what? Pure. Pure simply means, right? Whatever things are pure, whatever things are holy, right? And this is having the characteristic of moral, ritual purity. Con Right? Context often emphasize one over the other. Whatever is pure. Thessalonians is clear here. It says, abstain from evil. James 3 and 17 says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, the peaceable, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruit, unwavering without hypocrisy. Huh? Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, 
lovely simply mean whatever is pleasing, giving pleasure and satisfaction. Right? Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, 1 Corinthians, it says, Love is patient, love is kind, and is not jealous, love does not brag, and is not arrogant, does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, is not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, right? Does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoice with truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Whatever is lovely, whatever is lovely. He says, whatever are of some good reports, right? Paul, Paul is, Paul's command here is this. All of the things that he lists in verse 8, what does he say? I need you to think upon these things. I need you to dwell. I need you to ponder. I need you to think on these things. I need you to reflect on these things in verse 8. Whatever is holy, basically whatever is right in Christ, Whatever is right in Christ, whatever Christ has established, whatever the Lord has put into our life, whatever his commandments are, I need you to dwell and think on these things. Not think on the things of the world, but think, so think on the things of God. Meditate on them. Dwell on those things. Speak to your heart on these things. Right? In verse 9, he expounds on it. He says this, that the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Huh? So Paul goes to tell the church, the things that you have learned from chapter 1 to chapter 4, the things you have received from chapter 1 to chapter 4, the things that you have heard, not only in the chapters, but in the community, and the things that you have seen firsthand. Come on, pastor. That's right. All of these things comes with a transformed mind. Amen. All of these things, all of these things, all of these things that you have doing, Paul is saying, put it into action. Practice these things. A lot of times we have a lot of thinkers, but not a lot of actors. We have a lot of people that think, but not a lot of people that act upon or do. Huh? Do what the word says. Don't be a hearer only, right? But be a doer of the word. You're trying to get peace. You can't just keep hearing. Go to 30 conferences to hear a word, but never do a word, right? We can't just be hearers only. We have to be doers. Because a person that is a doer they know who they are. They know what they look like. They, they know where they're going, right? They're, 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 they're reaching the goal of the mark of the high calling. Amen, pastor. Applying the application of the word. That's what a doer does. That's what Paul is saying. Notice how he's telling you how to handle yourself in a chaotic, chaos community. Knowing how, look how Paul is teaching you even how to address yourself even when the chaos and community, chaos or chaotic community is in the church. 
when folk is bittering from left to right, he's still telling you how to conduct yourself. Follow my example. Follow Christ's example. Like Pastor Roseman said, apply the word of God. Be a doer. Why? Because the end result will be this. You're going to get peace. You're going to get peace, right? That's the key. Do these things. And the result is the peace of God will be with you, right? Now, here, here, here's, something that's, here's something that's interesting. Because we look at this, let's, let's look at it again from not our view, but from Paul's view. Paul is in house arrest right now in Caesar. He says that in, in chapter one. He's in house arrest in, C, in, in, in Caesar's jail, right? He, he, he's protected by Caesar's guards, right? Paul is not just talking about this from a place to talk about, but he is talking about this from experience, meaning he's also practicing what he preaches, right? He's practicing what he preaches, you don't think Paul has had to go through this? Man, remember, they was hating on Paul when he first got saved. He, he, had, to get, he had to climb out a window, <laughs> right? <laughs> He's not just talking from some theological position, him someplace just sitting up high above, never going through anything. And, no, he's talking from, I've been on the ground. I, I've, been, I've been on the ground since day one. And I'm trying to tell you, it's been hard out here. And these are things that I have learned down through the years. Hallelujah. All right? So listen, the only way to obtain a lasting peace is to have God's peace. You got to have, have your mind transformed. Pastor Roseman is absolutely right. He's 100 this stuff comes from a transferred, a trans, a, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. All of this process to get clarity, there's something that has to transform, right? That's, that's part of that, <clears throat> what I call that reconnecting, realigning phase. That, 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 that's, <laughs> that's where all of this is coming from. And then you got to be a doer. You got to apply that word. If you want lasting peace. Look at what he says in verse 10. Verse 10 really starts another segue here. But he says, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Now notice this. He, he's dealt with what he needs to deal. He's dealt with what he needs to deal with, Right? He's dealt with this rejoicing, applying the word, getting this peace. And then now he's addressing something else. And this is going to start another kind of call and response type of thing. Where he's saying, I'm happy. He says, I'm happy because the church has revived their concern for Paul. Right? But he says there was a time where they lacked opportunity. Not saying, well... Let's go on and see what the verse, I'm going to hold that, I'm going to hold that one. We'll go on what the scripture says, right? Paul notes here that they have always been, that the church has always been concerned with them, but they didn't have the opportunity 
to always act upon their 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 concern. That's simply what's being said here. He is happy that they have revived their concern, meaning that there have there may have been a time where they didn't they weren't able to do what they needed to do, but now they have revived it, and now. He says, he says, you know, you were always really concerned about me, but you didn't have the opportunity to act upon it. Now, listen to what verse 4 says. I mean, uh, 11 says. So then he, he goes on to clarify. He say, he's like, not that I'm speaking from one, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I'm, I am or I'm in. Right? He's saying in 11, look, 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 check it out, check it out, check it out, check it out. I am not speaking from a position of want. I'm, he wants to clarify. I'm not talking now that's saying I need y'all to X, Y, and Z. Because we'll see later on in the text that Epaphroditus had already delivered a package when he went to go meet Paul to tell Paul what was going on. So he's saying, I'm not speaking from a position of want. Mm-hmm. Right? And want is simply a lack, the state of needing something. That, that is absent or unavailable. I'm not speaking from a state or a position that I lack something. I'm not lacking right now. And he says, even if I am, he, he introduces another, he introduces something here. He says, I've learned how to be content in whatever situation that I've been in. If I'm in a season of being lacked, I've learned how to contend. Again, Paul is talking from a life experience. He's not talking just to talk out of the side of his neck. He's saying through life experience, through walking through the streets of Rome, right? Through this evangelistical ministry, through my journey, I have learned through the help of God how to be content in every situation that I have faced. Mm. Huh. Through my walk with God, I've learned a thing or two, right? Content, content, right? It is really, he's learned how to be satisfied or show satis, satis, satisfaction with the things as they are. Yeah. Contentment is eternal satisfaction, which does not demand change in external circumstances. Paul is saying, I have learned how to be content without things externally changing. <laughs> Y'all, this is some deep stuff right here. This is what I was talking about earlier. <laughs> Man, if I keep standing up, y'all know I'm, getting, I'm finna run around this church. Paul preaching. If, huh, he says, I've learned how to be content. Contentment. I've learned how to gain satisfaction, which does not demand changes. Come on, pastor. Pastor Roseman is saying this. His experience with God brought him contentment. Amen. 
let's ask that question that he's that he just commented to the community. Have you learned from your experiences with God? If you trust in God, he is going to bring you peace. Why do you think he talked about peace? Because that peace is going to bring contentment, right? In the New Testament, right, there's a Greek word, archeo, and, and its derivatives. What is Hebrews 13? Hebrews 13, let's just read what it summarizes. Hebrews 13 says, make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have, for he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. Huh? Through his experience, God has brought him content, contentment. Right? If you look back over your life, when you really, as the song, say, song says, gave it over to Jesus and he worked it out. Right? When you really gave it over to Jesus, have you been able to feel that freedom and that contentment and that peace? Right? That's why Hebrews says, make sure that your character, you, are free from the love of money, being content with what you have. <clears throat> Think about all the times Paul has been in jail. He's had to learn how to be content that he's in jail. Huh? He's had to learn. Have, have, have you learned how to be content? Because... You, you, can, you can pay for all the books. You can go for all the conferences. You can get all of the seven steps. But there comes a time where you and God got to just be one-on-one -on -one and you got to work this thing out. Paul ain't got time. He didn't have time to always call on his, his fellow laborers in the gospel to help him work a thing out. What if visiting hours is over and he's going through something right now? He, it's just him and God. He had to learn how to be content. Now, watch this. You, you claiming to have the Holy Ghost and being, I'm, 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 a, I'm a this and that, and I'm a sign and a wonder in the Holy Ghost. Well, the Holy Ghost is supposed to lead and guide us into not some truth, but all truth, right? God is going to give us peace that surpasses all this understanding. There has to come a time in your life where you use what you got on the inside and let God give you peace and be content. Hmm? I'm going to testify for myself. I was just telling my brother about this today. I said there was a time when I was looking for a promotion and I'm going through the proper channels and every time I'm just getting denied, denied. And then I'm getting irritated with all of these people because they just, you know, blocking me, hating on me and I'm getting into it instead of letting a piece of God, right? And, and everything is being blocked, Right? And so I'm like, man, God, I need your help. So then I had to break down, repent, God, I'm sorry, for X, Y, and Z. And I had to go through a process to get my peace back and be content where I am. Because I could be a pastor without a job. So I'm going to thank God that I had a job, that I was able to still keep my job, even though I was acting foolish, and be content and let God be God. There's going to come a time when you got to get, you got to just let it all out. Stop being cute. Just let it all out. But once I was content, even though I still didn't get the job, I just waited until God opened the door. And Lord behold, God did open the door for me. 
Amen, Pastor. Right? He said, I've been there, done that. See, this is this is this is real talk. This is this is what you've got to do. We are all gonna face some issues in our life where we are restless. Huh? We are restless and we are worried. We're all over the place. But you got to find yourself in God, right? You got to be content, right? Also this, hey, I was right there with you. I was chasing them dollars too. Trying to, trying to climb the corporate ladder. God shut me up too. <laughs> Not like, nah, bro, you're going to do it my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Contentment also is, is this. Also, man, listen, food and lodging should be enough for the godly. You got a place to live. You got, you got uh, uh, food, right? You Be content. God is going to give the increase at his time. Watch what Timothy says. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. But godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. Uh-huh. For we have bought, brought nothing into the world so we cannot take anything out of it either. Come on, Paul. If we have food and covering with these, we should be content. But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and, and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunges, which plunge men into ruin and destruction. 10 says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. And some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Uh, Paul is trying to tell you, Pastor, Pastor Roseman just testified. I've just testified. You got two leaders on here that is testifying that we ain't perfect. But I thank God, we thank God that we did not wander away from the faith that we are still here with God, right? But there are some, right? There are some who have wandered away. That's what the Bible says. And some by longing for this have left the church, have left God. When you are not content where you are, that's why Paul said in every circumstance, I learned how to get, I learned how to be content. I learned how to be settled. I learned not to be restless. It doesn't mean that I don't stop working towards where the goal is, but I'm not letting the goal run me. I'm running it by being content in the things of God. Hmm. I mean, Timothy, Paul taught Timothy in verse six, godliness <laughs> means great gain when accompanied by Contentment, godliness. You, you didn't come into this world with a million dollars in money. You came into this world with nothing. And you're going to leave out of this world with nothing. There was a, a, a recording of Bill Gates 
come on now, the snare of the devil. There was a recording with Bill Gates. Not Bill Gates, um, Steve Jobs. And, and, and he was saying, I can't take none of my possessions. I can't, I can't take none of this with me. Nothing is, none of this is going with me. This man is a, was a billionaire, the, the, the owner of Apple, right? It doesn't matter what you collect here. Matter of fact, when you go, now your, now your kids and your relatives got to now do what they can do to resolve all of your debt. Your debt stays here. And us that are alive consume your debt now by default. Hmm. You better learn how to be content. Right? You got to learn how to be content. That's why Philippians 4 tells us, that's right, he died and leave it all. Exactly. Exactly. Listen to Matthew 6, 34. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care, about, care for itself. Each day has its own troubles. Man, you can't worry about tomorrow. Even though we do, let's be 100. We do. Lord, I got to do this. I got to do this. But that should be a part of your prayer life. Lord, help me not to trip on what I got to do tomorrow. It's in my mind, but God, you know, hey, you know, help me, help me out here. Right? I need to release this out of my mind. Right? Because each day is going to have its own set of issues. Mm-hmm. Let tomorrow take care of itself. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Right? Believers can, look, the, a, a believer can be content no matter what the outward circumstance is. This is the text. Come on now. That's right. Number one, I got to get up tomorrow. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I got to get up. Just let me wake up, Lord, or not take me home, but let me be in you. <laughs> right. This is what Paul is saying. No matter what is going on, I got to learn how to be content. This is where we in. Right? Watch this. Believers are content to know the Lord. Right? Listen to what John says. 14, 8 through 9. It says, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and is it enough for us? Jesus said, have I been with you so long? Have I been with you? And yet you have not come to me, Philip. He who sees me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Right? This also goes with depending on God's grace. Let's look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, it says, And he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. 10. Therefore, I am well content with weakness, with insults, with distress, with persecution, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, I am strong. He is saying, listen, y'all. Being content actually is going to give you strength because you're going to get God's content. Paul is saying, hey, God, man, I got something inside of me. I got a thorn. We don't know what it is, 
We don't need to know. It's not the point. The point is, is that he had a thorn. He asked God to remove and God said no. But he says, my grace is sufficient. My grace will give you the contentment that you need. If you want to get over what you're going through, you need to come to me and you need to experience my grace, my power, my joy, my peace. And I guarantee that when you experience my joy, my peace, my grace, you won't even feel like you're going through something. There are times when I come up to speak that I'm in all sorts of pain. My wife will tell you. But then when the power of God hits me, I don't feel anything. Because his grace, his peace has overshadowed me. Hallelujah to your name, Jesus. Right? This is why Paul says, you know what? Okay, it's all good. I get it. He says, I'm going to boast in my weakness. I'm going to brag about my weakness. It's all good. He says, I will be content with weakness. I will be content when folk are insulting me. I will be content, hallelujah to your name, Jesus, when people are persecuting me when, when, with difficulties. I will be content for the sake of Jesus Christ because now I know when I'm weak, I'm really strong. Why? Because the Lord is my strength. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? Hallelujah. As we walk this walk, huh? As we walk this walk, again, we look at Paul. Paul was in jail. So as we walk this walk, we're working out this salvation, right? Paul has given us this example. Hey, I'm in jail. I've had to go through everything that I wrote to you in 2 Corinthians. I'm locked up. If I can do it, you can do it. I got the same Holy Ghost like you got, <laughs> right? We both can do this together. We both can do this. We can make it together, but we've got to trust in God, and the Lord has to be ruler over our life. It is time out for trusting in the world. How are you going to be saved? And then you're going to burn some sage at the same time and try to get energy from a rock. But you got Jesus, who is the rock. But you're going to go to an earthly rock and plug it in the wall and think that that energy is going to heal you. The devil is a liar. Huh? He says, take my peace. We read that. We read that. Peace I give. Peace I leave. This peace is not from the world. This peace the world can't give it. I'm giving you something. And Pastor Roseman said it earlier. You got to be transformed. Man, you didn't get transformed just to have a praise party. You got transformed to deal with life and endure and persevere so that you can be with him in heaven. And yes, praise comes, worship comes, joy comes. But brothers and sisters, we've got to endure now so that we can be with him in eternity. And that means he's given us everything we need to handle this, this walk called life. I'm just going to read verse 12, and we're going to start at verse 12 next week. Paul says, <laughs> he said that he learned in every situation how to be humble, you know, how to be content. He says, I know how to get along with humble means. I also know how to live prosperity. He says, in every circumstance, I've learned the secret. 
of being filled and going hungry. Both have an abundance and suffering need. We give you a cheat code. He's going to tell us the secret in the next verse. You can read that on your own. We're going to hit it up next week. But Paul says there is a secret ingredient. There's a secret process. It's really not a secret. It's, not a, it's really not a mystery, but he's saying it, right? I've learned some nuggets along the way. And because I've learned this nugget, I've learned how to be content. I learned how to keep my mind from going crazy. I've learned how to not, when people get on my nerves, how not to just go 5150 on them and, and cuss them out and all of the above. I've learned some things through my walk. I've learned some things through my walk. And if you don't get anything else today, I'm telling you right now, man, I hope you get seeking God's peace. I hope you remember that today is the day to get back with God for who he is and to cast your cares upon him. Huh? And, and learn how to be content with every situation that you're going through. And understand that being content does not mean that externally things are automatically going to change because they may not change externally. It may take some time for it to change or it may never change. I mean, we've been talking about peace all over the world. That ain't happening yet, right? <laughs> things going in the community that we want to change and we fighting, you know, talking, praying. It ain't changing. It doesn't mean that God is not hearing it. Maybe he doesn't want it to change right now. Right? God knows all things. But what you can do is you can change you. So what are you going to do today? Huh? What are you going to do today? How are you going to look? How are you going to look out into the community? How are you going to change things for yourself? How are you going to gain victory over your life? Oh, there's been a lot of parking lot meetings after church on what they should and should not do. Huh? But what are you going to do for you? Because I'm telling you, sometimes having them parking lot meetings be the worst thing that could ever happen to you. Why? Because now you take on the spirit of those people in their meetings and you try to plan and plan to do something and you sometimes go against God. And now you're now you really stuck. I'm trying to tell you something. I'm trying to tell you something. What are you going to do about you? That's why Paul said, let your gentle spirit be made known. Let the fruit of the spirit be made known through you in the community. You want to change things? Sometimes you ain't got to say a word, but live that life. You can change things that way. Or maybe God may not want things to be changed right now. So you change your output. Paul is in jail and he did it. He, did, he wrote in, I think it's in chapter two or chapter three. He didn't know what his outcome was going to be. He believed he's going to be set free, but he didn't know the end result. But he still learned how to be content. And this man is in house arrest. Some of you ain't locked up. You locked up in your mind, but you ain't locked up. What are you going to do? How are you going to change? How are you going to respond? This is the process of regaining your joy back. Stay in safe because God is coming. Don't forget that.
listen, last thing, and I promise you, sometimes preachers, we close three, four times, but this is the last thing. Bible already said in the last days there's going to be a falling away of the saints. And I don't want you to be one of those people that fall away because you get caught up in something and you let that drift away. The Bible just said about the root of how uncontentment can lead you to being unfaithful because you chasing a dollar, chasing the money, chasing the position, chasing this. It can lead you to be unfaithful and walk away. There's numerous ways that you can walk. Something from left to right can pull you away from God. And you, before you know it, you on the other side. I ain't been to church in a year. Ain't opened the Bible in two. This is the trap of the enemy. There are people that, you know, are known, not known, and they're falling away. There was one, there was one uh, Christian rapper from uh, the cross movement. Um, his name was uh, Phonetic. I mean, he was gung-ho about Christ. And all of a sudden, he just started drifting away. Started drifting away. And now has denied, denounced Christ. And, you know, the, that Christian community, especially some of the older people that grew up listening to his music, they, they're in the uproar. Like, like, why, bro? Like, why? And, 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 they, and, you know, if it's one thing, it's another thing. I don't want you to be the one that falls away. I don't want you to fall away because of bitterness or any of those things. That's why you've got to get clarity and go through that process, right? You got to get it out. You got to address it. You got to take accountability. You got to reconnect, realign, and then listen and be a doer of what God says. Watch him giving you that peace back. Amen. Let's give God a hand praise Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you right now for your word. We thank you for the time that we've had with you. We thank you for those that are listening. Amen. And those that are going to listen later on or listen through our podcast. Father, we just thank you all for everybody that is learning, including myself, your word, Father God. God, we just ask that you would keep a hedge of protection around us. God, that we would be doers of your word and not hearers only. And that we will learn how to continue to move forward and fight the enemy at every hand. God, let our senses be uh, open. Let our sensors go off when we see evil so that we understand how to shun evil and walk away from that mess, Father. Father, if we're going through something, some of us are going through something, God, give us the clarity that we need to move forward. God, let us really take accountability for our own actions because we did it ourselves, Father God. Let us overcome that, Lord God, by taking accountability and repenting and realigning ourselves with you so that we can move forward, so that we can really gain joy and peace. God, if we're chasing the wrong thing, God, help us to not chase the wrong thing, but chase after you. Hallelujah. God, we just pray for your peace right now inside of us, Father. We give you the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Anderson and Lady J would like to express their appreciation for you taking the time to listen to our podcast. We would also like to offer you an invitation to join us for our services. To connect with us, simply send a text with hashtag connect to 916-545-1284 and we will respond promptly. Moreover, 
If you feel led by the Lord to support our ministry through giving, you can text hashtag give to 916-545-1284 and explore the different ways to contribute. Be blessed in Jesus' name.